plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. It's Friday, June 30th, 2017. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier, columnist for BleacherReport.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. That's at Marcus underscore Mosier. If you want to make any comments or ask any questions that you want answered on the podcast, you can tweet me or you can tweet using the hashtag LockedOnCowboys. I'll be pulling questions each and every day. So if you want to be heard, make sure that you are using that hashtag LockedOnCowboys. We're going to jump right into the show today as we start our preview on the Dallas Cowboys running backs and their overall running game. When we talk about the Cowboys rushing attack, you got to start with the the main horse, Ezekiel Elliott. And I'm about to go on a rant for a couple seconds. I know it's probably not good etiquette to start off a podcast with a rant, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, any of you who have been following me on Twitter for a while, you saw the argument and the debate that I had this week on Twitter about Ezekiel Elliott. I'll be the first one to admit I was not a fan of the selection of Elliott at the time. Uh, I wanted Jalen Ramsey at four because my belief was that Derrick Henry could provide similar production uh, a round later. And it ended up happening that Derrick Henry was available to Dallas at the 34th pick, but they couldn't select him, obviously, because they had Elliott. But the argument that I had this week on Twitter was about if Elliott was worth the fourth overall selection. The argument that you get back from people that did not like the the selection was that anybody can run behind Dallas's offensive line. And I just don't believe that's true. There's also another part of it, too, of positional value and that running backs don't hold that big of a value in the NFL, which is sort of true. We know that that running backs aren't valued the same way as quarterbacks, receivers, pass rushers. I understand that. But sometimes there's a team and there's a fit that makes sense. And for Dallas, that made sense to take Ezekiel Elliott at four. I did not agree with that last year. I didn't. I'll be the first one to admit I did not agree with the Ezekiel Elliott selection. But when you saw him on the field and you saw him with the Dallas offensive line, and you saw how they want to win football games. I don't know how you can sit there and tell me that Elliott was not the was not only a good selection for the Cowboys, but the right selection. I want to give you some stats real quick. Because I get irritated with this. Anybody can run behind the Cowboys offensive line. This is an apples to apples comparison. Are you ready? Ezekiel Elliott in 2016... Averaged 5.1 yards per carry. There were four other running backs on the Cowboys roster. Three, if you consider Keith Smith a fullback, and I do. But four total running backs on the roster other than Ezekiel Elliott. 
Let me read off to you their yards per carry. Remember, Ezekiel Elliott, 5.1. The NFL averaged 4.2 yards per carry in 2016. McFadden, Darren McFadden, 3.6 yards per carry below league average. Alfred Morris, 3.5 yards per carry, way below league average. Lance Dunbar, 3.4 yards per carry, below league average. Keith Smith, 2.5 yards per carry, below league average. Not a single running back on the Cowboys roster cracked four yards per carry. Not a single one was close to the average yards per carry of the rest of the NFL. Not anybody can run behind that Cowboys offensive line. You can't just throw any running back back there. And we know that McFadden and Alfred Morris are talented running backs and they've had success in the NFL. You can't just throw players on the Cowboys team and expect them to produce. It's just not going to happen. There's this myth that the Cowboys offensive line never misses a block. And that's why Ezekiel Elliott is the best running back in the league. No, that's garbage. The Cowboys have a great offensive line, but Ezekiel Elliott has to do a lot. And that's the whole purpose of me tracking the box score or the number of men in the box last year. Because a player that runs against a six-man box, such as Jordan Howard or Le'Veon Bell, that's much different than running against an eight-man box. Okay. I can guarantee you that Ezekiel Elliott would rather run behind a lesser offensive line if that meant that he got to run more against six-man fronts. Ezekiel Elliott last year had 87 rushes with eight men in the box. He still averaged 5.1 yards per carry. He had 34 rushes with at least nine men in the box. Still averaged over five yards per carry. Total, 120 carries with eight men or more in the box. That's ridiculous. Seven in the NFL now is, I wouldn't even call it average. That is the, that is the typical amount that you'll get in a base personnel package. You know, with one tight end, two tight ends on the field, two receivers and a running back. Seven is your typical amount. It ended up being like 6.5 defenders in the box on average per carry in the NFL this year. And Zeke had over 120 carries with eight or more defenders in the box. I posted some clips of Elliott from the Green Bay game on Twitter the other day. Showing that there is a lot of times that plays are blocked for one. No yardage. And Zeke somehow manages to get three or four out of them. For some reason, Zeke is the only running back in the league where we talk about their offensive line. Buffalo's offensive line was fantastic last year. We don't talk about Sean McCoy's offensive line. We just want to talk about Dallas's. Pittsburgh had one of the top three offensive lines in the league last year. We don't talk about Le'Veon Bell's offensive line. So how come we keep doing it with Ezekiel Elliott? I don't understand. Let's move on. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how Zeke did in different personnel groupings last year, just because I find this interesting. Uh, My goal as a 
bloggers just try to find out which grouping Elliot performs better at. Last year, 2016, Elliot averaged 5.57 yards per carry in 11 personnel, three receivers, one tight end, one running back. 5.57 yards per carry. Get this, though. 12 personnel. One running back, two tight ends, 5.86. 13 personnel. One running back, three tight ends, 5.5 yards per carry. 21 personnel. Two running backs, typically your fullback, 4.39. And 22, two fullbacks, two two tight ends, 3.36. Really, the worst personnel grouping the Cowboys had last year in terms of yards per carry when it really comes to Elliott is six offensive linemen. And they tried to do this more at the end of the year when uh, Jeff Swain was out of the lineup. But Ezekiel Elliott had 53 carries with six offensive linemen or more in the game. Average 3.57 yards per carry. Typically, that meant he had about 8.6 defenders in the box, which means there's a lot of guys getting ready to stop Zeke. Um, In 2017, I would like to see the Cowboys open up their offense a little bit more. I think that's going to happen as Dak develops. But we can see that when when he's in 11 personnel, there's only about six Maybe seven defenders in the box. Zeke is tearing it up. 5.57 yards per carry. So as Dallas grows as an offense, as Prescott gets better as a passer, I expect to see more runs out of that 11 and maybe even 10 personnel with Switzer and Beasley on the field at the same time. Uh, I think Ezekiel Elliott is the best running back in football. Um, We can talk about Bell and all the things that he can do in the passing game. I just think with with the expectations Zeke had last year and with the the boxes that he had to face and with with having to carry that Cowboys offense, I thought he was fantastic last year. Um, I, someone asked me on Twitter, I'm sorry I forgot the name, but what can he approve on in 2017? My biggest thing for him, it, people are going to say his passing game, but that's, that's actually not his fault. He was a great receiver last year. They just didn't use him a lot in that capacity. What I would like to see for Zeke is don't always search for contact when you don't need it. There's about there was about four plays in that Green Bay game in the playoffs where he could have got the same yardage by just running out of bounds. Don't take those extra hits. Dallas he is too valuable to the Dallas offense to take extra hits that he doesn't need. I know that's his personality and I know that's how he plays football, but you gotta preserve your body a little bit. And I think he will, and I think that's part of being a veteran and growing growing up is you know learning how to protect yourself a little bit more. But other than that, Ezekiel Elliott is about as close to a flawless player as we have at the running back position. He's a great blocker. He can catch out of the backfield. He doesn't fumble, except for that Washington game early in the season. He doesn't fumble. Um, he has home run speed. He runs with power. He can run zone. He can run man. He can run gap. Whatever you need him to do, he can thrive in it. I absolutely think that Zeke is the best running back in football, and I think uh, he should only get better in his second year. Remember, he missed almost all of training camp last year with a hamstring injury. Came in in the Seattle game in preseason, tore it up, and that's when we kind of knew that this was the real deal. Um, 
Let's move on to his backup, Darren McFadden. Missed most of the year last year with an elbow injury. I thought he was okay when he returned to the lineup. He didn't think he was great. Uh, had 24 carries for 87 yards, no touchdowns, averaged just 3.6 yards per carry. He's a home run th- hitter. He's not going to be a guy that consistently moves the chains. What he really is at his older age is more of a receiving running back, and I think that's his best spot for the Cowboys. Um, he's a guy that is a solid pass protector, good receiver. You get him an open field, he has the speed still to make plays. He doesn't have the quickness anymore. He runs a little bit too upright. Um, but I think he's fine as a number two running back. He, Dallas, when they're when he's in the game, they're going to run primarily man stuff, maybe a little bit of gap, probably no zone. He's just never been that zone runner. He, he just never has had a feel for it. Um, in 2015, when he was a team starting running back, the Cowboys kind of had to scrap their entire zone package and throw it away and adjust to McFadden's game. Um, I'm okay with Matt McFadden as the number two just because he's reliable. He can catch. He can block. He can just do a little bit of everything. Um, ideally, he's your number three back, but I think he'll be fine. Uh, where he also helps out the Cowboys is that he has kick return ability. Um, he can be the up man on kick returns. He also is probably the team's third quarterback. Um, at Arkansas, he had experience playing in the, the the Wildcat. I think they call it the Wild Hog. Probably the team's third quarterback. I don't mind him at all. Turns 30 in August, so he's probably in his last year or two. I'm, I'm completely fine with McFadden as the number two running back. Where I have a problem is at this third spot with Alfred Morris. The Cowboys signed Alfred Morris in 2016. And the thinking at the time of the signing was with Morris was that he at least gave them somebody reliable that if they didn't get the running back they wanted in the draft, Morris at least knew the scheme. He's a nice fit as a zone runner. He knows how to run inside zone. But I just thought he looked old last year. I just didn't think he had any kind of juice left in his legs. He looked okay in the first two games of the season. But after that, it just looked like his legs went on him. Uh, he only has 50 career catches. He's never going to be a threat out of the backfield. Was one of the worst pass-protecting running backs in the league last year. According to Pro Football Focus, you've got to take him off on third downs. He doesn't provide anything on special teams. He turns 29 in December. He averaged just 3.5 yards per carry. He's not a home run hitter. I think... It's very realistic to think that Morris is not going to make this roster. The Cowboys, obviously, they want speed. They want to get younger. I just don't know where Alfred Morris fits. I just don't know if he's going to have a role this year for the Cowboys. That leads me to the guy who I believe should take over that spot in Rod Smith. Last year, Rod Smith... Got moved from running back to fullback. Played a little bit for the Cowboys. Was on and off the roster quite a bit last year. Um, didn't record any rushes or receptions. But to me, he is the perfect player to keep as your third running back. Because he can provide that versatility. If you need him to be a pass catcher, he can do that. He was a former receiver in college. If you need him to be a running back, he can do that. 
if you need him to be the team's second fullback or full in for full, fill in for the fullback, he can do that as well. He's a much better special teams player than Alfred Morris. He's a much better special teams player than Darren McFadden. He's a guy that you can put on your roster, in, uh, your game day roster, and he can fill many spots. He can put on different hats. He can uh, help you in so many different ways rather than Alfred Morris, who at this point in his career is just a below average runner, and that's all he can do. I don't see Alfred Morris helping this team out at all this year. I can envision scenarios where Rod Smith is a big part of the Cowboys' offense or a big part of that, their team on game days. I can see that happening. I think Rod Smith has a much better chance to make the Cowboys roster than Alfred Morris a couple weeks out from training camp. We'll see how it works out in camp. There's been reports that Dallas has kind of maybe explored the idea of trading Alfred Morris. I just don't see what he provides you anymore on offense. He just doesn't give you anything exciting. Those are your top four. Your one undrafted rookie to watch this year, Jahad Thomas. I know he's getting a lot of pub as Lance Dunbar's replacement, but let me tell you, this is not a Lance Dunbar type of player. He's not that receiver out of the backfield that you match up against a linebacker and he's going to torch him. He's not your James White or your Deion Lewis or Chris Thompson or Darren Sproles. What he is is a guy that can just do a little bit of everything. I thought he was a pretty good receiver. I thought he was a pretty good inside runner. I thought he was okay running to the outside. Needs to work on his pe- pass protection. He was productive in college, 37, 100 total yards, 77 touchdowns in three years, 5'10", 190. I just kind of thought he was okay. I think that's the kind of guy that you want on your practice squad where if you have a couple injuries that happen, maybe Zeke and McFadden go down, you can bring up Jahad Thomas, feel comfortable that he won't kill you. He's never going to be this guy that um, is going to put up massive stats, but he's a nice guy to have that knows the offense. You don't have to necessarily take him off on third downs. You don't have to just run him on the outside. He can do a little bit of everything for you. For him, I believe the practice squad should be the goal. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the practice squad for a while and then somebody else performs and he gets booted off. I just He's an okay player. He's just not... He's not a guy that I'm going to sweat over if they lose. He's just an okay player. Last but not least, let's talk about Keith Smith. He's a former linebacker. First year as a fullback last year. Did surprisingly well. I was impressed with Keith Smith, and I'm not very easily impressed with fullbacks. I don't believe the Cowboys should necessarily have a fullback on the roster. Or at least I didn't believe that. Now that I think that Keith Smith in his second year is absolutely worth a roster spot. Um, I think he needs to get a little bit better as a receiver. But remember, at this time, two years ago, this was a linebacker. And not only was he a linebacker, he was a guy that was actually playing snaps on defense. He's fine as a fullback. I like his versatility. He can play special teams. If something disastrous happens at linebacker, you can always throw him in there. And he at least will have an idea of how to tackle people. Real quick, as we get to some of the free agent running backs, I'm not opposed to the Cowboys looking at free agent running backs. Um, 
however, the list is kind of bare. James Starks, D'Angelo Williams, Reggie Bush, Chris Johnson, Bobby Rainey, Dexter McCluster, all people that came to mind. I don't particularly love any of those. I think of the of that group, I would look at Dexter McCluster just because he can maybe fill that Lance Dunbar role. But if the Cowboys are looking to find somebody that can do that job, I think you'll have better success waiting till the end of training camp, end of preseason, as teams cut, you know, maybe the Saints cut uh, Tredavis White, or excuse me, uh, Tredavis Cadet. Uh, maybe New England cuts one of their 18,000 running backs. Uh, maybe Deion Lewis becomes available. Maybe Darren Sproles becomes available with the Eagles drafting Donnell Pumphrey. I think if you want that type of running back, you can wait and probably pick them up later on in camp. I wouldn't worry about these veterans now. I would just roll with what they have. Overall, this is one of the best running back groups in the league. Not only do I think they have the best running back runner in the league, I think they've got a fantastic number two running back. Uh, Alfred Morris doesn't really do anything for me. Rod Smith makes a lot of sense. Keith Smith, one of the better fullbacks in the league. You're not going to find teams that have this talented of a backfield in the NFL. The only one that maybe comes close is Pittsburgh because of Le'Veon Bell and James Conner. Uh, but this, is, to me, is the most talented backfield in the NFL. The Cowboys value the running back position. They maybe value it more than any other team in the NFL. And while everybody wants to talk about how the running game isn't as important as it may have used to be or that passing is the most important part of the league. The Cowboys need to have a successful running game in 2017 if they want to not only go to the playoffs, but they want to win the Super Bowl. They're going to need their running game not only to be successful, but also to be the reason why their defense is off the field. We know that the Cowboys' defense is going to be leaky. It's probably going to be suspect. We They need the Cowboys' rushing attack to keep them off the field. Like I said, one of the best rushing games in the NFL. I expect it to be better this year. Ezekiel Elliott, fantastic, fantastic. If you have any questions about this rushing attack or any other questions you want to send to me, send them to me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. That wraps up this edition of the Locked On Cowboys podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for listening, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you can subscribe to podcasts. I'll be back on Monday previewing the Cowboys receivers as we head into training camp. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk a little bit about Dez. We're going to talk about if, is Dez past his prime? Should Terrence Williams be the number two receiver this year? Is there any chance Ryan Switzer passes Cole Beasley? No. I kind of buried the lead, but come back on Monday. We'll talk about the Cowboys receivers. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.
Catalyst.